Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. My junior year of high school, me and this other kid, uh, Isaac was his name, um, you know, we, we started, you know, dabbling into like writing our own music and, and doing some performances. There was this, this thing at our school called night of the stars and it was like a talent show. And, um, him and I, he, he had this background of gymnastics. And, um, so him and I like put together this act. Um, there was a song back in the, the mid nineties called Jesus freak by this band DC talk. And it was kind of like this mix of like rock and rap. And it had, it, it was actually a crossover hit. They were playing it on like, you know, the secular rock station here in Colorado. Um, and so it was like kind of like this big, this big song. And so we did this song and we choreographed this whole thing. I was wearing like this white, you know, wife beater like shirt. And I don't think that's probably appropriate to say anymore, but, but that, <laughs> that kind of shirt, uh, baggy mm-hmm. black jeans. And we did this whole choreographed dance and he like flipped over me and we were doing all stuff. And it was like nuts. Like the crowd went crazy, like standing ovation. And I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. You know, like, like this is it, you know? Yep. And so, and so, yeah, so kind of started, uh, just getting really involved with music and, and, um, you know, whatnot. And, you know, during this whole time, um, my dad still kind of cold and disconnected and, and really tough on us, you know, abusive, uh, you know, to some extent. And my junior year of high school, um, well, he had, he had, he had remarried, he had married this woman and, uh, she was, she was really tough, uh, because, you know, she kind of had her own kids and just kind of wanted her life with my, my dad and, and her kids. And so, it really ostracized my sister and I, and it really became one of those classic, like evil stepmother situations. Um, and so then, and then also too, like with my dad being like, well, now I no longer have to be both parents. You know, I feel like before he had gotten married, um, you know, he was a little, there was like an understanding where like he may be tough on us or like a little bit unreasonable. And then maybe he would think like, ah, you know what? Like it's just my kids and and me. So I got to, figure out how do I try to be, you know, emotional or intimate with these guys. Yeah. But once he got married, that kind of all turned off. It was like, well, the woman is supposed to be the caretaker and the, mm-hmm. you know, the the sympathetic one and then the dad is supposed to be the ruler, you know. Yeah. And that was even that much more tough, you know, um, you know, for my sister and I. And actually my sister left home 2 years before I did and after she had left home, it put the spotlight on me, you know, and then things just got really bad. You know, I mean, you know, this, uh, lady that he was married to, you know, would just do really just crazy stuff, you know, like I I won't go into all the details, but it it was just, it wasn't good. And and it was, it was very hurtful. And, um, there was a point early, you know, when I, when I was, I was 16 years old and, um, it was something like I had forgot to lock the door or something like that, like some, some weird thing. 
and we got in this big fight and I felt like for the first time, like, you know, I should just open up and I should, you know, just share my feelings, you know? And, yeah. and I was just like, you know, you don't, you don't even know who I am. Like I, you know, I had this double life. Like I would go and be fun and happy and, you know, just have a really good time with my friends and, you know, be the jokester and, and entertain. And then it was like, I would come home and, and I'd be afraid and, um, you know, scared and sad. And, and so, you know, got in this huge fight, blew up and, um, you know, uh, my stepmom at the time, you know, she was like, well, why don't you just leave? And I was like, like, what do you mean? Just leave. Like, you know, I don't want you guys to get in trouble or anything like that, you know? And then she mm-hmm. looked at me and she's like, what are you chicken? And, uh, I like just had my jacket, grabbed my jacket and I left and I never went back. And, uh, I, uh, you know, essentially ran away from home when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, uh, you know, kind of just tried to figure things out. Um, did you have contact with them after that? Or is it more like, did they know where you went? Did you talk to them? Or are you just like, I'm no. out? Yeah, so I actually, I, I went up to my work and um, and I just started crying. I was like, guys, I just ran away from home. And, uh, you know, they were real like, oh my gosh. And, and they kind of had known like the pretty oppressive situation that I was in. And, um, and they're, you know, they kind of like instantly went into action, um, you know, to try to like figure things out for me. Um, you know, my one, my one friend, Isaac, um, he had an older brother at the time and, um, he like took me to target and like bought me like all new clothes and stuff like that. And, um, and then my friend James, who was in the band, um, with me, he like talked to his parents and was like, Hey, my, my friend like needs help. And then I like lived with them for like three months. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my dad had kind of found out where I was and, you know, he would call, that family and be like, you know, tell Mark when he comes home, it's going to be 10 times worse. Um, and it's going to be, you know, super hard for him. And so it was like, and, and so they were like, well, we're not going to send him back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, at that point it was like, uh, you know, social services had to get involved and, um, I, uh, you know, ended up living with a, uh, foster family as kind of my guardians. And so I lived in that foster home, uh, until I graduated high school, you know, and, and I think one of the, one of the beautiful things about, um, about that whole story with my dad and, um, it's hard to, to talk about it really because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm actually really close with my dad now. Yeah. And, uh, whew. Sorry. Mm. You're good, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I was going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, man. Happy birthday. I made you cry on your birthday. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, you know, because my dad and I are really close now. And I think one of the cool yeah. things and, um, you know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the cool things is that, you know, I, I never thought I'd have a relationship with my dad again. You know, I mm. thought, yeah, you know, he, he was too far gone and, you know, he yeah. was too prideful and, you know, that he was, you know, too hard hearted and I'd never have a relationship with him. And, um, I didn't, maybe, I, maybe it was like six years almost. And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't talked to him and, you know, for whatever reason it got put on my heart to like reach out to him. And, uh, and I reached out to him and, um, you know, he's like, well, why don't you come over? He's living in Colorado still at the time. 
And we sat down for a few hours and I, I was able just to confront him, you know, on, on everything that he ever done to like, like hurt me or that I felt, you know, was unreasonable. And I think, you know, at the time I just felt like, you know, I was an adult now and, and, um, and, uh, I could, you know, be okay with whatever. And, and it was cool because, you know, he, he, he gave me an answer. Like he'd either say like, Hey, I'm sorry. Like I was wrong. Like he, he'd, he'd apologize to me. Um, or, or he would give me, um, an explanation. He, he would give me a reason, you know, like, Hey, uh, you know, the reason why I, you know, did X, Y, and Z was because, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing, you know, like it, at the time, you know, mm-hmm. I thought that I was, you know, doing my best and, um, you know, and so I, it was, it was, it was one of those things where I was able to kind of get closure from a lot of that hurt and, and mm-hmm. pain, um, that I kind of experienced as a kid, you know, as a young teen. And, um, it kind of allowed me to kind of start building this, um, road to redemption and a mm-hmm. relationship, um, you know, with him. And, um, and so now what's cool is that him and I are really close and I, I love him dearly. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a, 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 a fantastic grandfather and his mm-hmm. wife now, his current wife is amazing. And she's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really great grandma to my kids. Wow. And it's, it's really cool because, you know, I look at my kids and I think like, you know, all I ever wanted for them was, you know, a better life, you know, and, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. a normal life, you know? Yeah. And so it's cool that they get that. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. 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 I, I've been to your house. I've met your family and I've told you this before, but I'm just really, if I didn't even know your backstory, I would be impressed of how good of a dad you are, you know, and how you, when you're with your kids and your family, you're hundred percent there and you make it fun to be in the family, you know? And I know you even say things to your kids when you drop them off at school, maybe it annoys them. Maybe it doesn't, but it's an awesome saying. Do you, do you mind sharing what that is? What you tell your kids every time before they uh, get no. on the, um, yeah. So every day when I, you know, we drop them off for school, I always tell them, I'm like, be a leader, make a difference, stand up for what is right. Help those who can't help themselves, make the best of every situation stay positive. You're awesome. <laughs> and I usually say you're awesome like three it. times. And it usually evolves. It's evolved over time, right? You just, you just started saying one of those things yeah, and you just kept exactly. it, right? Be a yeah. leader. And then it was like, you know, make a difference. <laughs> and then now it's like, I need a good, like, you know, two, three minute lead before they leave the door so I can get all the things out and, and said to them. So I, I just think that's so cool that you're able to come out of such a hard kind of situation and be able to turn around and just basically, well, two things. One is I, I think things that I'm hearing from you that are so meaningful is that, and I've heard this from other people too, is that if you're a dad or if you're a parent and your kids come to you and say, hey, you really hurt me, don't be prideful. Like, apologize. Like that, that means the world. Even if you screwed everything up, if you can be humble enough to apologize to to your kid, like that means so much. So yeah, I think that's that's awesome. And then just, I just feel like the other thing is just like nobody... Nobody has had such a crazy life that they can't have hope, you know what I mean? And and turn things around and be able to create that awesome like family life that you guys have. You know, your wife is awesome and your kids are great. And they're so, you know, when I came and stayed with you guys and 
And they were just like so polite and just like even excited to see me. I'm just like a random adult, I think, you know, to them. But they were like, they talked with me, you know, and just like they, you know, they were just really cool kids. And and I think that's comes down to you, you know, being able to be a great dad. So, yeah, I appreciate that, you know. Yeah. yeah, And and so, um, you know, it, it, it was, it's cool because, you know, I've been able to share my story with a lot of people um, and, and, you know, to kind of like kind of move to that next chapter of my life is that, you know, that band that I was in, you know, we kept writing our own music and kept performing and, and um, we ended up um, competing in this national band competition and um, put on by the Gospel Music Association. And um, we ended up winning first place. And so we were able to um, record a, um, a like a four song EP, and you know we started releasing music, and you know really like started to develop as musicians and creatives, and started to recognize that wow, like we have something special here. And uh, at the time, um, you know, as we were winning that competition, everyone was kind of like a freshman in college. And after we'd won that, it was kind of like one of these things like, you know what, I think we should just all go all in on music and like pursue a career as musicians. And so we did that. And, um, you know, we ended up getting signed and, uh, you know, everything I'd ever dreamed about as a kid, um, I got to, um, you know, I achieved, you know, like being on the radio and, um, you know, traveling from coast to coast. And, uh, it was just a really fun season of my life as, you know, a young, you know, twenties, um, to just kind of, um, you have adventures with your best friends and play music for a living. Um, and, and, and one of the things that was great is that I got to, to share my story I got to share my story on a consistent basis of, Mm. Hey, you know what? It doesn't matter like where you come, you came from because I I came from, um, probably some of the most worst situations a person can come from, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter, you know, who someone tells you who you are because you can, your, your, your past doesn't define your future, you know? And like, like, you know, if, if you believe it, you can achieve it, you know? And it's like, a lot of these corny like motivational things, but I was like a walking example of, I didn't ever allow my, my past to define what my future was going to be, you know, because my past would tell me I should be, you know, some 500 pound, like crack addict with like a needle in my arm somewhere, you know, like that's what my past was telling me that I should be. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I had more hope for my future and, um, you know, could say that no matter how difficult the situation is, um, that, that, um, you know, that, that God has a plan for your life and that, that, um, you know, if you stay positive and, 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 and you, um, you know, make the best of every situation, like you can have success, you know? Um, and so I feel very fortunate that I was able to do that, you know, for, for a decade, I was in that band and, uh, you know, our CDs were released all over the world. And, you know, I, I, when you when you told me about some of the bands that you traveled with, I was like, oh my gosh! Like I was listening to those bands. I probably heard your music too. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Yeah, we did have a top twenty five single on Christian radio. So, um, and you can still find us on Spotify and stuff, and iTunes. Uh, Foolish Things was the name of the band. Um, yeah, I have it saved in my library, and it's funny because I can like you have people that are like, oh yeah, I was in a band. You're like, oh cool, yeah, I love to hear your music sometime. But there's not that many people that you know personally that you could play their music and people would would not realize it was your friend. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I can play your music in the house and everybody's like, oh, 
Ben's listening to the radio because it's like high quality, you know? Yeah. It's not like, oh, uh, who, who recorded themselves <laughs> on their iPhone in the bathroom or something? You know what I mean? Or whatever. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah cool. it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I just want people to know it's like, it's not just like, oh, I was in a band. I was like, no, <laughs> this was a successful band. That's crazy. You guys were able to make a living off of that and travel as a band. Yeah. Um, it, you know, that's, it was that's a huge success. It is. It's a, it's a cool season of my life. And, you know, and then it kind of goes into the next chapter of, you know, when the band was breaking up, uh, you know, everyone, everyone was kind of, uh, you know, getting married, starting to have kids and, uh, you know, people just started wanting different things and, and to go different directions. And, and, and we ended up breaking up and that was really hard for me because, you know, that's all I'd ever wanted to do. And I thought that that's all that I was, you know, capable of, of doing. Mm. And, um, you know, so the band, when the band broke up, I was like, crap, like, what am I going to do with my life? You know, like, yeah. like I have no skills, you know, like mm. I've sung my whole life for a living. And I had a friend who was a photographer and um, he needed a video for this thing. And he's like, hey, do you think you could learn video? And I was like, well, I, you know, I, I think so. And this was back in like 2007, you know, before there was really a solid YouTube with tutorial videos on, you know, how to do things. So I was like going to the library and getting books on video editing and, and uh, you know, video production and all these other kind of things. Um, and then I got a job. I, I, I loved Mac computers. And so I was like, all right, what can I do with Apple computers with someone with no college education, with, you know, a terrible... Uh, you know, elementary education and high school education. I wasn't, you know, with that smart of a, a kid. I could, couldn't read that well. I couldn't spell that well. I was, I was terrible at all these things. And, and so I was like, what am I going to do? And so I got a job in retail, just, you know, selling computers and um, picked up a camera and started teaching myself uh, editing softwares. And I just kind of like threw myself out there, you know, and worked a day job and nights and weekends kind of just hustled and um, shot videos, got into doing like wedding films and wedding photography and stuff like that because it was something that I could kind of do on the weekends. And then at nights I could edit videos and and whatnot. And then as I got into video, it was kind of like one of those things where people would be like, oh, hey, you do video? Like I need a video for this. And uh, could you do a video for that? And I just started working. You know, I'd work during the day, nights and weekends. I'd, you know, hustle doing my side projects. And I did that for many years. And uh, kind of every job I had, I, I went from from Apple working in the retail store, and then um, because they liked me so much, uh, they ended up sending me to Cupertino, California, where I got certified as a Apple hardware and software technician, which then gave me this new skill set, you know, and this new little piece of you know line on my resume of Apple certified technician, which I'm grateful for, and uh, you know did the retail thing for three years. And then, um, uh, opportunity opened up for me to go work at, uh, the Remax world headquarters in the IT department. And so during this time, my dad and I were kind of rebuilding our relationship. You know, we were kind of connecting, he was still living here in town. Um, and then he moved to Texas and he had called me and he said, Hey, he was a huge fan of the TV show, American Idol. And so he had called me and he said, um, hey, American Idol is coming to Denver. And I didn't follow the show. I, I really wasn't a fan of, of, um, of American Idol. Uh, but he said, hey, listen, if I drive up you know, to Colorado, like, would you try out? And I was like, you know, I don't know, Dad. I, I, you know, 
I'm, I'm not like really into the show. That's kind of not my thing. I was like a singer. I like write my own music and sing, and I was never like a cover artist. And to this day, you know, people are like, oh, you're a singer, like sing this song. It's like, I, w- I wasn't like in a cover band in a bar. Like I was right. writing all original music. <laughs> um, and so, you know, he kind of persisted. And so he ended up driving up. He's living at Texas at the time. He drove up from Texas. And then we went to the Mile High Stadium here in Colorado. And there was like 12,000 people, you know, like wanting to get in and, and, and try out for American Idol just here in Denver. And we waited in line and, uh, you know, got there. And, you know, the stadium is, is filled. It's, it's crazy. And the way that they do these these interviews uh, is they have these massive blocks of like 16 people, um, like 20 tents, like on the football field, like 20 tents deep, 16 people in these little cubes. And you step up for like 15 seconds and sing a piece of a song and then step back in line. And then they wow. tell you, all right, you're all acts next. Mm-hmm. And they just crank yeah. through 12,000 people in a day. Wow. And, you know, I, I, you know, went, I got my 15 seconds and I stepped back in line and then they're like, uh, give us 15 more seconds. And then I stood up, you know, 15 more seconds. And they were like, all right, uh, you three, you're out of here. And then they like move me to like the next round. And what you don't see on TV and the way they make, they make it seem is that like all 12,000 people try out for the judges. But really it's one of those things where they vet, you know, all 12,000. That season, 120,000 people tried out for American Idol, like all across the country, right? Yeah. And then I just kept making it past these rounds. Like, and then I ended up making it to the, you know, celebrity round, uh, which is is really cool because now when you Google my name, it's on YouTube and, uh, you know, you can kind of see my audition of me trying out for American Idol and making it to Hollywood. You know, I got my golden ticket out of 120,000 people that tried out that year. I made it into a group of less than a hundred. And so that was kind of like, almost like, uh, the cherry on top of my musical career, you know, being, in a, a Christian band that didn't have massive success. It's like, nobody knows about that, you know, but there was a season after my episode aired, like I couldn't even go to the mall without people being like, dude, you're the guy from American Idol. I saw you oh, on TV, man. you know? <laughs> and it was, so it was like, it was really cool. And, you know, I made it to Hollywood. I got a really cool experience, a all paid trip. And, you know, I ended up making it past a few rounds in Hollywood. And then I got axed in the group rounds. And, um, and so, it, you know, it was one of those things where, it was like that cherry on top where I could kind of close my music career and, um, and be at peace with that. And and, and honestly, like when I got axed from American Idol, I I was like depressed. I was like in the, like Mm. just the deepest of despairs because in my mind I was thinking like, Oh, like this is why I'm, I, I was a musician. Like, like my whole life has brought me to this moment to be on TV, you know, and like do American Idol and like, um, and and then when I got axed, it was like, nope, that wasn't your purpose. <laughs> and it was so it was like devastating, you know. Mm, yeah. And uh, but again, I you know I went back to work and I yep. and I just showed up every day and I I made the best of every situation. I stayed positive, and uh, you know continued to do my thing. And then um, in 2016, I I was working. Um, I'd been working for a few years at this real estate tech startup. I was the director of creative media. And the first week of January of 2016, um, I got laid off. Um, they had some huge funding not come in and I got laid off. No severance. I hardly had any savings. I got three kids and mortgage and I'm yeah. like, crap, what am I going to do? 
Just to clarify, did you get married when you were in the band or before the you started the band? Is that when it, when you got married? Yeah, I got married um, when I was uh, 24 years old. Um, got married uh, in the while I was in the band, so it was kind of fun. Yep. You know, my, my wife yep. would probably say different. Uh, our first year of marriage, like she was on the road traveling with us, you know, selling merch and wow. and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so, how long were you married when the band broke up? Uh, so we'd been married for four years. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so four or five like, years. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. And you know, now we've been married for going on 17. So, so awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so I got laid off and, uh, was like, what am I going to do? You know? Yeah. But I had been faithful for years working a job, you know, and I've been faithful for years, like just doing my side hustle. And I just decided to, to take the leap of, of faith. And it was one of those things where I'd always live my life without regrets, right? Like, you know, there was times where I would be singing in the shower, you know, and I'd be like, oh, I'm, I could make it on American Idol. You know, I could be, I could be that. And I tried it. And I can say, now I can say, you know what? Hey, I didn't have what it took to be the top 24, you know? Same thing with the band. It was like, you know, people are like, oh, do you, do you regret that you didn't go to college or, you know, like didn't learn some sort of hard skill or whatnot? And I always felt like, you know what? If, if ever I find a passion for something that I need a college education for, like I could go back to school. But the opportunity to be young and not have a lot of responsibilities and be in a band, like that's not going to happen again, you know? Yeah. And so this point where it's like, okay, I now had this like director title at this job. I could probably mm-hmm. go get another job making decent mm-hmm. money and doing that. But it was like, you know what? Uh, let me just, let me just try to do the brand Viva thing. Let me just see mm-hmm. what I can do. You know, I have these skills. I've, I've learned so much. Let me see if I can, you know, like do my own thing because I know that if I don't, I'm going to have regrets. Like I'm going to, yeah. you know, look back and be like, oh, could I have done my own thing? You know? Yep. And so I went all in, you know, I, I got laid off January, the first week of January of 2016. And I went all in and, um, there was hard times, you know, there was like, you know, times where it was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage, you know? Yeah. And, um, my, my license plate says expect, you know, because it's another kind of, you know, mantra of my life to like, expect the blessing, like expect that things are going to work out, expect that people have, that expect that people don't have malicious, you know, intention, expect that, that, uh, everything's going to be okay, you know? And because there was times when, in that first few years where I wouldn't have enough money to pay my mortgage. Right. And I didn't have any jobs on the horizon. And then I'd have all this fear and, and anxiety and worry, like, how are things going to work out? How are, you know, things going to, you know, how I'm going to pay my bills. And then like two weeks later, somebody would call me and be like, Hey, I got this big job, you know, 7,000 bucks. Do you think you could do it? And I'd be like, yeah, I, I can do it. You know? And then that started happening enough to where I started to, to say, you know, if, if I lived a life where I expected things to like work out, like I would have less stress. I would have less worry. And if I was more present, like in a moment and enjoyed like the things that were going on, like my family's happy and healthy and, you know, I have my health and I have a roof over my head and we have food. Like if I was in these moments, like life was good, right? Like when you wake up and you're present in the moment that you're in, like 
you don't have any worries. Like there's no cares, right? But it's when mm. you start to project in the future and start thinking about what could go wrong and you know what are the the pitfalls of a situation. That's when you start to have doubts and fears and worry and anxiety and all these other kind of things. It's when you're focused mm. too much on something that doesn't even exist. And you know, if you think about like our emotions and our feelings, and, and I've said this before, it's like you know, our emotions and feelings are easily tricked, right? You watch a movie and you get scared or you watch a movie and you cry and it's not real. It's fake, right? But your emotions don't know that. It's just what you're inputting into your mind. Your emotions are responding, you know, appropriately to that. And so a lot of times in our own situations, you know, in my situations, I'd be putting things in and they would cause me to respond in a certain way. And then things would work out and I'd be like, man, I, I would have just, I should start living my life like things are going to work out. Like, like expect the blessing, expect that things are going to work out because I'll have way more like peace in this moment each and every day and have a lot more happiness in my life if I'm just mm-hmm. present, you know, and not thinking about tomorrow. And then when stressful yeah. situations arise or things come up that, that cause me to, to get anxiety, like to pause and look back and say, okay, like I going to be at peace and I'm going to just expect that things are going to work out, you know? Yeah. And you, you're also a hard worker too. So I think that type of philosophy especially works well for you because there's no, I mean, you work hard, you enjoy work, you out greatly work and that kind of stuff. So it's like, why, why overthink it? Why worry about it? You know, and you say, don't worry about it and expect the best. You're not saying like, all right, my arms set back, oh, bring something great. You know, you're working hard for it and putting yourself out there. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Well, and I think that's, that's the, that's, that's something that's very important, you know, and I, I always encourage young entrepreneurs and people, you know, who, who want to go off and do their own thing right away, you know, like, yeah, I want to like quit my job and like do my own thing. And it's like, okay, well that's good. But in some ways, maybe you need to be present in, in that moment and not, try to pursue your own thing at this time. You know, I think mm-hmm. about, you know, if I would have started Brand Viva any sooner than I did, and, and you know, thankfully I got laid off because I was in my mind, I had started mentally preparing, like, you know what, I'm, I think I'm going to try to go do my own thing, you know, but I'm going to save up enough money so I have a nice security blanket to go do my own thing. But I got laid off, which threw me into it. But I think about, like, if I hadn't worked at Apple, if I hadn't worked at Remax, if I hadn't worked at that real estate tech company, like... I wouldn't have the knowledge and the skills and I wouldn't have the relationships that I had that allowed me to be super successful as brand Viva, you know, you know, every, all the success I ever, that we've ever had at brand Viva has been through relationships. You know, it's been through, you know, people that I have known and, and through us producing good work and then getting referrals and, and growing that way. And I wouldn't have that if I hadn't worked those jobs. And so a lot of times I think we need to ask ourselves like, Am I wanting to leave because I'm frustrated with the situation or it would just be easier if I was gone or do I need to learn something from this moment, you know? And that yeah. and a lot of that even with work that we do, right? Like, okay, I have this client that's difficult. Like, is this something where I'm supposed to be learning a lesson from this? Like, if mm-hmm. I remove this difficulty, like I'm not going to learn something from it. But yeah. if I if I push through that pain, there's a lesson on the other side that then I can learn from and then grow and better myself, you know, in the future. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that's one of the only things that keeps me going sometimes when there's a really tough project that comes up and something goes wrong and we're like, okay, we got to go above and beyond and fix this um, for our client, you know, and it, it, maybe it's a hard time for a while to get that kind of stuff done. But yeah, looking back, if you if you keep your, in your mind that you are actually learning a lesson that's going to be with you for the rest of your business career, then it's like, wow, this is actually worth it. Like this is a gift. Like this challenge is actually a gift um, so that I can learn something from it and avoid it in the future or improve as a person. So um, that's awesome. Well, yeah. So now you have a company, you have a team. We were talking just before we started Mm -hmm. recording how you have the freedom to kind of do what you want with your time to, to push the company forward. You don't have to do day to day stuff. So it's amazing. Like we're just thinking like where we start at the beginning of this story, you know, being kidnapped, living in Hawaii, your dad, not knowing where you were, uh, you know, on the whole journey you've gone through, it's amazing to see like, this is where you're at now in life. Like that's, that's amazing. Do you feel like you're living the dream now? Do you feel like, Hey, I, I'm happy. Or do you feel like, Oh, I got to keep pushing. Like, where are you at in your mind with like where you, where you are in life? I, I mean, I feel very blessed. You know, I, I, I think about, you know, um, you know, where I could be and mm-hmm. I have, you know, three beautiful children. Um, and I have a, an amazing wife and, um, I just feel so fortunate every day I, I wake up and I just feel so blessed. Um, and I think, I think gratitude is, is another important aspect of, of, you know, having a good life, um, and, and being content and happy is because, you know, when you can be thankful for even the small things, you know, like that, man, I have a warm water, like I have a warm, warm shower, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I have a meal, like some of these small things, like when you can live in that space, um, mm-hmm. It gives you appreciation and it gives you kind of motivation each and every day to like keep going. And and kind of like what we were saying before, you know, we started uh, the podcast, it, it, you know, I don't think that, I don't think you ever arrive, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that the times in my life when I've, I've thought like, okay, I, once I get here, then I'll be content and I'll be happy and then I can rest. I don't think that, um, I don't think we are made for that, you know? And, and I think that there's, there's not really contentment and peace when you get that. And then what happens is, is we start living our life in a way that we're always looking for this next thing. And then we yeah. get that next thing and it doesn't fulfill us like we, we want. And then it's like this next thing that we put our eyes on and, and our hearts on. And then what we start to do is we start to miss out on these little opportunities in between and we start to miss out on life. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you are like, what, what have I done with my life? What, what have I always been looking for this milestone moment that I missed out on all these beautiful little things that took place in between? And so I really feel that, that I haven't arrived, but that gives me the, the strength and it gives me the energy and power to like, to like want to pursue something else and, and to continue to grow. And like, you know, there, there always is this next thing, but there's always this like excitement for the journey, you know, where it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, I'm excited for what's, what's going to be in between now and that thing. And what do I have to do in order to get to, you know, where, where I want to go. And, uh, and then just find those little moments on that journey that, that are so fulfilling. And so it's such a blessing, you know, to our lives. Well, 
I was going to ask you for a parting piece of advice, but I think that was it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was it. That was that was yeah. the parting the parting uh, advice. I didn't uh, I didn't take notes and and pull any takeaways from this, but I can remember a couple off the top of my head that okay. I think um, are helpful. Yeah. One, apologize to your children. Be humble. Apologize to your kids if you need to. Um, I think enjoy the journey. The last one you just said is huge, and I think also not worrying unnecessarily about what's coming up. If you're working hard and you're doing what you can do, don't worry about the stuff you can't control. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about the stuff you can control and that's all you can do. So don't worry about the next day. Just do what you can right now. Yeah, I, I love that. Hey, thanks so much, um, you guys, for for hanging out with us. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook Live right now, I, I see some friends, uh, Jeff, Cade, uh, Rose, thank you guys for, for tuning in and, and everyone else who, who's watching us and hanging out with us, uh, you know, this past hour. Uh, if you're interested, uh, more about what Ben and I talk about and, um, want to, want to, uh, follow us actually go to the Friday habit.com. Uh, and there you can find all about, uh, what the Friday habit is. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can get show notes for episodes, um, and you can also get access to our PDF that explains what the Friday Habit system is. It's going to show you how to set aside one full day each week to dedicate working on your business instead of in your business. Yeah, and if you all enjoyed this episode, uh, please subscribe so you get notified when new episodes come out. And uh, we'd love to uh, love to get a review from you in the Apple Podcast app. You can leave Mark a happy birthday message in your review. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions or topics you want us to cover, uh, don't forget to record us a quick voice memo and email it to hello at the Fridayhabit.com. That's right. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs>